0: Tuned into Invisi Youth Chat Sessions, a video podcast series. Our episode starts right now. Here's your host, Dominique Vale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Invisi Youth Chat Sessions. I am your host, Dominique Vale. I'm the founder of Invisi Youth Charity. This is going to be checking in for your dose of all stigma-breaking, empowerment-shaping chat show of fun and life lessons and hacks along the way. Just to give you guys a little bit of background of who we are and what the show is going to be all about, we are Invisi Youth Charity, like I said, that's my organization. We are a 501c3 nonprofit that works with teens and young adults around the world who have chronic illnesses and disabilities, both physical and mental, visible and invisible illness. For us, it's a big reason to gain the right access to lifestyle tools, empowerment, and fun events to help you guys maintain daily life and have fun while you're doing it. It's a very youth-driven charity, and we're super excited to provide for young adults all around the world Um, so they can keep living every day with their health struggles. Um, So we're never about waiting for a cure. We're all about making tomorrow better and having fun and being young along the way. So a big thing for us is being able to connect with all of you guys virtually because so many of you are in different countries and cities. And depending on where you're going in life, we want to be able to have all of you have access to the Invisi Youth platform and mission. So that is where the Invisi Youth chat sh- sessions will come from. We are a video podcast series that will be out twice a month, and we will be having guests from across the United States, England, and Canada who are experts in all of their fields. So some are mental health, rare disease and bereavement nonprofits. Others are going to be Paralympic athletes and actors in different mediums, they are business owners, they are YouTubers, social media influencers, professional Instagrammers. So we're going to have all of you amazing people who are complete activists, or what we like to call at Invisi Youth, the rebel game changers, who are going to make young adult healthcare improve every single day. So we're really excited to be able to bring this virtual programming to you A unique thing about this is that we are going to be more of a chat show, so we have themed segments throughout each of the shows, and every few months are going to be themed on a central topic that are sometimes too uncomfortable, or too taboo, or a lot of times a little too common sense for others to help. For us, it's about lifestyle management. We want to make every single day better, to have fun, to have all of the life hacks and tips that you really need to make every day better. So that's a big thing for us, our goal. We want at the end of each of these hours to be sort of a cluster of entertainment and humor, motivation and advocacy, and learning a lot of different life hacks and tips and tricks from people who are the experts in these different areas. So for the next three months, we're going to be focusing on an area that's very important to me um, and my health journey. It's important to InvisiYouth and massively important to so many of you. We're going to be talking about different illnesses and disabilities that you would never see. And so for a lot of you, you'll know what that means. That's invisible illnesses. So whether it's physical health or mental health, a lot of invisible illnesses is just like the name. They're illnesses you can't see. And that makes it challenging when you're with other young people, with your peers and family and friends, when you're dealing with different health struggles that no one can notice physically. So that ranges, for a lot of you who don't know, that ranges from different cardiac conditions to lupus, Lyme disease, mental health um, illnesses, as well as conditions like my injuries with my nervous system and connective tissue. So they're all things that massively affect the body that you can't see, or sometimes it's mental health. So for us, we want to make the invisible visible, which is important, hence the name of InvisiYouth. And also we want to bring validity to the visible and invisible too. So that for the next three months is us talking about how to break stigmas, life hacks of living with invisible illness, how to support those with invisible illness. And so we're super, super excited to have our very first guest of the InvisiYouth chat sessions be a friend of mine. I like to I always joke with her that she's Twitter verified. So she's super, super awesome. She's one of the best healthcare activists we know for young adults out there. She is a 20-year-old Canadian named Ashley Rose, and I always—I'm going to read her Twitter bio as a way of for you guys to get to know her. And pretty much, it sums up so many things of what makes her special. She said, "I'm 20, HIV positive, We Day TEDx speaker, a singer who loves life, God, laughter, music, and a family ambassador." Ashley's been an ambassador to the We Day movement. She also shameless plug for us. She is an Invisi Youth Global Brand Leader. So she deals with lots of other health complexities along with being HIV positive and her being a motivational speaker, an activist for young adults, and being able to speak to thousands of people at We Day conventions, speaking at the United Nations. Ashley's pretty much what the definition of a rebel game changer would be. So we are so excited that Ashley's going to be our first guest for Invisive chat sessions and going to be playing some games with us and giving out some of her best life tips. So Ashley, you there? Yeah, I'm there. Hi, Ashley. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Good. Sorry for the shameless plug of you being able to work with us, too. Oh, it's fine. It was great. (laughs) So like I mentioned to our guests, we have different segments. We're more like a chat show than a general interview, especially for a podcast. So we have different games that we're going to play with our guests. Some are more serious and motivational. Others are just fun. So for our first one, we want to let all of you guys get to know Ashley. And so our first game is going is the five second challenge. Some of you know it from YouTube as well um i'm getting ashley getting her prepared for it um so it's more (laughs) it's more of our fun segments where we get to um, learn a lot about our guests and their platforms and just real quick fun random questions from who would be your favorite people at a dinner party to what's your favorite book so ashley are you ready for this Oh my gosh. I think so. Now I have to
1: think about all my answers.
0: Oh my God. So you're going to have five seconds. I'm wearing a watch that clearly has a bad time hand on. So we're going to, we're going to make this work. Um, so, so are you ready? We're going to start in a few seconds. Ready? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Favorite author.
1: Favorite author. Oh my gosh. This is already so difficult.
0: (laughs) Uh, let's just go with,
1: uh, just go with John Green. Okay. Cool. Love it's it. Great. Love
0: it. Two of your favorite things to do on a weekend. Um, listen to music and hang out with my niece. Awesome. What is your guilty pleasure TV show?
1: Ooh. Keeping up other Kardashians. Ooh, ooh, sorry.
0: Love it, love it. I watch them too. Who, guilty. <laughs> who guilty. would be your absolute favorite activist?
1: My Um Magic Johnson.
0: Love it. Okay. Lovely guy. <laughs> Who are? What are two of your ideal dream vacation locations you would go on?
1: Okay, I've thought about this a lot. Australia <laughs> and probably Scotland.
0: Ooh, nice. I like that. I like that. Okay, ready? Name the first three provinces of Canada you can think of because I need to learn some.
1: Saskatchewan, Newfoundland,
0: and New Brunswick. Love it. Cool. Oh, I like that. All right. Two of your favorite musicians you would invite into the studio with you?
1: Oh, Bruno Mars and If Amy Winehouse Was Alive, Amy
0: Winehouse. Oh, I love that. All right. Two, place, two places you would move if you left Canada? L.A. or New York. Oh, I like oh, both coasts. I like that Represent. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> what are about two places you would move in Canada?
1: Oh, um vancouver nice. or montreal
0: oh i like that that's cool so what is your favorite if you had to pick a favorite sport to play or a favorite sport to watch soccer ah i love it love but, it do you have a favorite but, but soccer I'm, team
1: i'm becoming a really big fan of hockey my Ooh. favorite team oh at tfc
0: oh nice nice what's your favorite Got hockey a... team too we have to represent your canadian okay toronto
1: even the lady they didn't do very well in the playoffs i watched it it was sad it was very sad
0: oh god no that's so sad Yep. Or right, If you had to pick between going to a fundraiser event or a really fancy fundraiser ball, which one would you go to? F- a fun fundraiser. Event. Yes. Love it. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent.
0: All right. When you're in your university, do you like to study in your library or study in the in your dorm room? Uh,
1: Dorm room for the most part.
0: All right. If you had three words to describe your activism style when you give speeches, what are three words to describe you?
1: Um, I'd say pretty chill. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, chill, um, happy and engaging.
0: Awesome. And then if you had to pick three people to take a selfie with, whether they're alive or dead, who would you want in your group selfie?
1: Oh, my Lord. Um, okay, Bruno Mars is <laughs> one of them. I love him. Um, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson.
0: Oh, ooh, nice. That's a nice roundup. I like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> Ashley. Guess what? You have made it through the five second challenge. Congratulations!
1: It made me a little bit nervous to be
0: honest. <laughs> I don't think I answered all of them in five seconds, but it's okay. That is fine. My my watch didn't matter, so that was good. We made it through. We both made it through the five second challenge. So, a big thing for us now that our audience, our listeners, got to get to know you a little bit better. So, what we want to do is go through some of the best experiences that you've had in life as a patient and as an activist so in this segment we call it our illest superlatives yes that is a pun mm-hmm. on being chronically ill so i love puns i love a good pun too um so obviously the charity name um so with illest superlatives this segment we know that living with an illness or disability means a lot of times you gain the most life experience and i put that in quotes because we're always told that we live the most life experience with the our um, illest superlatives, we want to talk to our guests about what are the best moments in their life. And for those of you watching, I'm putting best in air quotes for that reason. These can be some of the most empowering, some of the funniest, sometimes the most ignorant, or sometimes the most empathetic moments that you've experienced and are sort of ingrained in your memory as an activist and as a patient. So we're going to go through what are some of our um, illest superlatives in life. Okay? Uh, awesome. Cool. Sounds good. All right. So, what has been one of the best comments you've gotten from a doctor in any of the appointments you've had? From a doctor? A
1: best comment? Um... Oh, that's tricky. I don't know.
0: I can give I can, um, and- yeah I can give an example of one that's been a little more motivational. I think we have chatted about that too. Is the I think as many people know from the charity I've gone to a grand total of 38 doctors around the East Coast. Yes, that's a older number than I am. Um, so that, um, a big thing for me was, I think it was the 21st doctor I went to when I sat down, the first thing he asked after he saw that I was a teenager at that time, he said, Oh, how are you feeling? How are you, what's your favorite class? What are you doing in school? Completely didn't even ask about the, my, um, health issues or the tests that I had done or procedure I had the week before he just asked, Oh, how's your, how's your favorite class going again? So it was just sort of nice. I actually kind of laughed at him. I was like, oh, we're talking about me and not my body. Okay, that's works. So for me, it was probably one of the best comments I ever got from a doctor was him just genuinely asking me um, about what I was doing and what I, he knew I had tests going on for finals and he just sort of asked questions about my day-to-day. So yeah. it made me feel a little good in the appointment.
1: Um, well, I can't think of a, a comment in particular just because – um. Like, I'm really close with all of my doctors and nurses, which I'm very grateful for Yeah. because I've honestly known them since my adoptive parents knew me. So um I think it's just in our like everyday, like day to day conversation. Honestly, not even like in terms of my health, but us talking and them asking me what I'm doing for the summer because I just recently went to a checkup. Oh, nice. So just having like nice, like everyday kind of conversations. So I can't really think of, a comment in particular, but just, just when we're conversing, we're just being very, very conversational, very being very nice. I I don't know how to describe it, but it just feels so natural.
0: Yeah, no. And that's good. It kind of feels
1: like they're like my aunts and uncles almost.
0: And that's nice. That's so wonderful to have doctors. And especially all these years they've watched you grow and ups and downs. It's nice that they take that initiative and they can continue that relationship. That's really, really great.
1: Or even when we talk about trips and everything. So one of my doctors had recently gone to um, this conference about, like, HIV in Vancouver. And so we were just kind of talking about that, and I was asking him how it was and everything. Because he and I, in particular, we've been to a conference together. Oh, cool. Me and my doctor. Cool. So that was just kind of cool, being like, oh, how was it this time and everything? Just, like, again, just normal conversations. Sometimes it's about HIV, sometimes it's not. And it's just really nice because it kind of takes the edge off. Instead of like, you know, just going to an everyday kind of appointment, you know, it's kind of dull, but going to see doctors and nurses that you genuinely really like and have built this connection with for, honestly, I've known them for 20 years now, my entire life.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I honestly, in going to a conference with, I'm trying to go through my doctors, I'm like, I can think of a few that would be a really good time at a conference. So that is actually really awesome.
1: And it's kind of cool. Like I even have some like nicknames for them too. I love it. Yeah.
0: Okay. what has been one of the um, what has been one of the best pieces of life advice? This can be from your parents, from your siblings. What's like sort of your go to quote that somebody's told you um, going through life?
1: Honestly, I think it's probably from my mom Mm -hmm. and she's just said so many things, but I think it's just mainly like the ones about just always being true to yourself and staying true to yourself and, and to other people, too. Yeah. Always treating people very kindly and respectfully. Honestly, I think it, it just seems so simple. But yeah. my mom, she she practiced what she preaches, honestly, and, and it works out for in for her benefit.
0: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, honestly,
1: just to be yourself, be true to yourself.
0: Yeah. And sometimes that can be that, hard that's that's
1: that served me well my entire life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, it definitely has. So next is superlative what has been some of your um, favorite friend reactions when you've from about your health so either you had a doctor's appointment you came back to school or your friends came to visit you after a procedure what has been some of the, like the best sort of funny reactions or more like nice empathetic reactions you've had from friends about your health.
1: I could definitely think of one. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it, it's actually it's actually a really funny story. It's not like in terms of my health per se, mm-hmm. but I, I think I told you I used to have like a G tube in my stomach, like yes. a gastric tube. Yes. So I had that for about four years, okay. and I have this scar now, and it kind of like all my family and friends like we joke about it as being like a second belly button, because <laughs> it's like very straight on to where my belly button is, but it's just a little bit higher,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so like. Like, my my mom, we've, like, told, like, family, friends or whatever, and they're just like, no way. Now I want to see it type <laughs> of thing, right? And, like, that sounds, like, so weird. But one time, one of my older sisters, her friends, um, he really wanted to see it. And so, like, I just pulled up my shirt a little bit because it's, like, again, it's just right over my other belly button. Yeah. So it's not like I'm, like, hiding, like, I'm not showing anything. But I, like, pulled up my shirt a little bit, and he saw it. And he started freaking out, but like in a good way, like he was jumping around and he was like, he was literally like, like he, like that's literally the noises he was making. Like he just looked so excited and so like into it for some reason. And I've never gotten that response or like reaction from anybody. It was hilarious. I just, I was just there laughing. I was like, I'm just like, for me, I'm just like, it's just like another like scar. Like it's like, whatever, you know what I mean? But for him, it was like this big deal. And he was just like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> has anyone like, ever topped that reaction so far? No, no, no. That's, that's no, the top but, And this
1: was a few years ago, too. <laughs> no, no one has surpassed
0: that. I love that. I absolutely love that. I had it with my one was... of my very good friends. She um, I had to have spinal surgery when I was 16 in the summer before our junior year of high school. So she said we were going to hang out at her house and actually she had a um, pre I hope your surgery goes well party. So everyone was joking around. We had photos of a life-size Elvis Presley because that's my favorite musician. And it was pretty much a group of our friends and everyone just nobody got me like I hope you get well cards. There wasn't any gifts. It was just we're going to get you life-size Elvis posters to have in your hospital room and we're just going to have a hope, hope it goes well surgery party. And I was very confused what was happening. She's like, they're all life-size, Dominique. They're like, it's your get well for your pre-surgery. We hope it goes well. So I kept laughing the whole time going, oh my God, this is the best reaction to a bunch of teenagers hearing you're having surgery for a week that they throw you a party that I hope it goes well. So it was, that has been, t- nobody has thrown That's me a medical party part yet. No one, that, no one has topped that. has been 10 years. No one's thrown me a medical party yet. So we should get on that. And, exactly. so what about because I know you're in um university still so what has been a one of the best tips that either you've had or somebody's mentioned to you between balancing your health and school at the same time since I know you just started out with university too
1: um I guess a big thing is uh trying to think I guess just staying on top of everything yeah and just just remembering, um, like like that's a big thing because when you're in university, you stay up late a lot of time. At least at least for me, I'm 100% a night owl, yes, 100%. Me too. And so I, I find it like th- you just have to find that balance because mm-hmm. you know when you're out with your friends, you're just having a good time, but then you're just like, oh wait, I still have to take my medicine. Or like you're getting home from like a long night, um, like whether you're just hanging out with your friends or whatever, you're studying, mm-hmm. and then you're just like, oh, just remembering to take your medicine. Just re- remember. Just remembering to do what you're supposed to do, but also take care of your health at the same time. So get enough sleep, eat, take my medication because it's obviously taking my medication is going to is what is going to keep my HIV down. But also just staying healthy in general, just like eating, sleeping, just keeping on a good schedule is really important
0: scheduling scheduling was always the one thing i had to try and figure out as a good balancing tip i had so many calendars that were attempted to be color coordinated and then i would forget what color meant what thing and i got very confused but it was always it was always (laughs) keeping a schedule or my attempt of keeping a schedule that definitely balanced being able to maintain school and my health so one didn't fall out to the wayside so i don't i totally agree that was one of the best ones all right, in your last illest superlative, since we know that you're a motivational speaker all the time, what has been one of the best ways you've found to be an advocate, from just in your community with your friends, all the way up to when you are on that stage at We Day? What has been like a good one of the best ways for you to be an advocate?
1: I think one of the ways in just like everyday sort of life. Like I, I know that we've um, we, we've talked about this and everything, but when I'm meeting people for the first time and like, you know, like these days, it's not even what's your number. It's what's your Snapchat, what's your Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And so when you follow each other on Instagram, a lot of people, they're like, well, you have 9,000 followers. (laughs) And then like, they're wondering like why, unless they don't read my bio that perfectly well says HIV positive. But like if they don't read it and then like, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'm I'm a motivational speaker. I do some speaking and stuff. It's like, I, I keep it pretty low key. I say it. I'm just like, I don't say everything that I've done because that's just, that's just weird. And it's a I'm long resume, actually.
0: It's a very long resume. We know that.
1: <laughs> it's it's very long. It's very
0: long. Um,
1: So usually, yeah, usually when I talk about motivational speaking, they're just like, oh, what do you speak about? And then I'm like, okay, well, uh, I guess the cat's out of the bag now. Time to, time to start talking, you know? And I find myself just advocating not only for like my own story, but just like, HIV in general, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times like I'll bring it up and then people want to know more or they might have questions. And so then I'm just like, if if they have questions and they're open enough to ask me, then I'm going to obviously answer them to the best of my ability. Yeah. Because I do know a lot, Mm -hmm. of course, but I don't know everything. So there are some things that like people have asked me and they've honestly left I don't know everything I'm it's a learning process for me every single day mm-hmm. but I find like that's usually how I start advocating is like through th- through social media and how like kind of like word of mouth people seeing it and they're just like oh so what, what's going on here so I, I I tell them yeah but through through speaking wise when I'm just like doing my speeches hmm is that what you mean, like, for, like, advocating? For yeah,
0: it? yeah, both ways, because a- um, you advocate the, the- on the day-to-day, but then also when you are in that public forum and you're you're being an advocate, because a lot of young people in sort of our positions, they want to be able to motivate more of the masses, so what another way, too? That's also a great way for everything, but what's sort of, like, a nice piece of advice or tip for people who want to get into more motivational speaking or advocacy outside of their community or friend group, you know? yeah.
1: So a big thing that I like to hone in on in all of my speeches, I have like these three things that I tell people and I, I say these because they really helped me in like how I came to be in my speaking and everything. So three things I say is find yourself, find your voice and find your community. Okay. And the thing that I stress about in finding your voice, I say your voice could be whatever you want it to be. It could be something you're passionate about. And so if you have something that you're passionate about, you're using your voice to educate to tell people what you want to tell them, whether it is about HIV, so sharing your story, or say if you love the environment, telling people your story and urging them to collect garbage or whatever it may be, just using your voice in a way that is helpful, in a way that reaches out to people in order to get your message across.
0: Ashley, shamelessly, I'm going to be virtually taking notes on what you're saying right now. I was mentally taking a note on what you just said. I was like, that was fantastic. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Actually, it's like a perfect segue. You're making my job so easy. It's a perfect segue into the next segment we're going to be doing. So it's just completely fantastic. Our next segment is called First Few Words. So when we talk about this segment, like Ashley had mentioned, sometimes people do ask questions about your health, and especially for those with invisible illnesses, when it's mental health or physical health, people tend to have a little bit of more questions about that because they can't see it and there's not something they can point to and ask or symptoms on your body or Different adaptive equipment you might be using that they can just sort of ask, what is that or why are you using that? When it's invisible illness, there tends to be more mm-hmm. of a mystery around it because they can't see it. So for us with the first. And there's more questions. Exactly. And a big thing that we know is first few words is one of the biggest issues we get. And a lot of times at Invisi Youth Charity that young people or their friends will even ask us that are in that sort of quote-unquote healthy, able-bodied community is they don't really know how to get that conversation started, whether they are the, the friend who wants to be supportive of their friend going through health struggles, or they want to ask questions when they know that their friend or sibling or loved one is going through um, an invisible illness. A lot of times they want to lend support or ask a question about it, but it's always those first few words that people tend to have the hardest time with, and they never really know what to ask. So in the first few words segment, what we're going to do is sort of talking and tackling different... Of, um, ways to have the best startup phrases that you and I have learned from our own experiences, from the work that we do at Invisi Youth Charity, what are some of the best startup phrases to get that ball rolling for conversation? So especially with invisible illness being our theme for the next few months, and that's something you and I both live with, what are the sort of top phrases that in different situations we've come across that we've enjoyed when people use our ways or some of the phrases that are not the best to use when you have friends or family asking? questions? questions? questions Hmm. so our first one is going to be the first few words to address your illness to friends in conversation so a lot of times for yourself when when people want to start asking questions you can tell that people are you've mentioned you just came back from a doctor or you were giving a speech and you're around your friends now a lot of them have known about and have known you and know your health story for years now but what are some of the sort of first few words when you want to sort of just open up the conversation about yes I was at a doctor yes I just had surgery or yes I was just giving a speech at um we day or at a convention I was talking about my health so what are some of the first few words or how you get that conversation started do you just sort of dive right in or do you like to sort of cushion the conversation what are different tips for um, how you've done it
1: well usually in like in those sort of instances a lot of my friends do know about speaking and Mm I a lot of the times like oh I'm going this place to do this kind of speech or whatever and so a lot of times I find it it, it's not really me opening the conversation Mm -hmm. but it's like my friends because after a speech or something and they know about it and then I see them again they'll be like oh how was your speech because like I I don't really find myself being the one to open it up unless like I do want to be like oh by the way like when I was here I did this and I spoke about this or what whatever it may be but usually a lot of my friends do know yeah. when I'm speaking and so they'll actually open it for me and to say like oh how it went and everything and actually just it honestly just happened too mm-hmm. because um I I have done three speeches in the last few days actually
0: baller Ashley
1: you're, yeah you're a girl
0: boss <laughs> and so, through and through
1: and so coming back um In particular, I was asked like, oh, how did your speeches go and everything? And I'm just like, they they went very well and and all this stuff. And then I like talk about what I talk about usually Um, my main pieces, because um, this week alone, like I did a 145 minute speech and then I did two short 10 minute ones, Mm -hmm. but there were, there's two of them. And so I just usually just like, I just share with with them my experience, how it went, the audience reactions, what I said and, and, and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other way, because I know you and I, We always, when we've spoken, a lot of times um, the way we talk about our health journeys has been very different. I always uh, like to say with Invisive Charity, we talk about like the spectrum of talking about health. Um, you're going to bear with me on an analogy. It's like a faucet of water, and it depends how much pressure you want to give, whether it's sort of little drizzling of water or you completely open the faucet and it's just a full flood. Um, for us it's sort of finding the amount of information you want to give. So from my mm-hmm. experiences or from a l- other young um, young people I was always a little more private about my health because my illnesses were a little um, different. I didn't get diagnosed for many years so I didn't really even know what to call what was going on. Um, so for me when I would have to answer the question If I came into a high school or a university class with a hospital bracelet on or I was walking in late and a teacher happened to ask um, what was going on with my um, how was my doctor's appointment and friends of mine had noticed, um, I always felt like the first few words would be like, when my friends would look and go, "Oh, what's up?" Um or they'd be they would be standing waiting for the cue, as I say, of they would want to know, ask me a question, but they didn't know what to say. So they just sort of gave the long, awkward pause stare. Um, I would just sort of pause and go, "Oh, well, you guys know I have some health stuff going on, right?" And they would be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." And then so I would give a little bit of information, and I always said it's I gauge my friends a lot of times based on their facial reactions so sometimes my friends yeah. would be very empathetic you could see other times they just they had the sort of blanket I, I call it the Joey from friends look sort of the confused mm-hmm. stare like I don't I don't know what you're talking about um, with the content, yeah. the nodding so for me it was always it was less of the beginning of me starting an answer to a health question it was more of me gauging my friends facial reactions of how they handled the information whether I would give a little bit more or just sort of stop and be like oh it was a doctor or I would say, oh, no, this is the doctor and this was the hospital I was at and that's why I'm not here. So for me, Mm -hmm. it was similar to, it was less... Of starting the conversation it was more kind of being able to gauge how my friends reacted. So that's the that's sort of the next first few words on your end is what what are sort of the first few words that you would suggest or that you've had from friends too when they've wanted to ask you questions about um, your HIV or your other um, health struggles. What are sort of the first few words suggestions or phrases that um, have been ones that you've liked that friends of yours have used when they've wanted to ask questions because that's a big one is your more health friends who don't have health issues or aren't chronically ill or um, living with a disability. It's hard for them to know when to ask or what to ask. So what are some exactly. suggestions for you that you've dealt with?
1: Some questions that I've dealt with.
0: Yeah. Well, just just in terms of not even
1: like friends or anything like this is kind of going off topic. Mm-hmm. But I've had people like I've told my my mom, actually, not even me. One time we were in Calgary and she ended up telling just like random woman at a cashier.
0: <laughs> I love it. I,
1: and when she, okay. when she did, this woman, she looked at me and she was just like, are you healthy?
0: <laughs> like, That's a relative just, question. <laughs> yeah, I was just like,
1: <laughs> but I, I did answer um, correctly. I was like, yes, I am very healthy and everything. Because I feel like a lot of people, if, they don't, if they're not educated, they just, they hear HIV and mm-hmm. they're just like, again, because it's invisible, you, okay. don't, you, you don't really know how they're doing, right? Yeah. And so some, peop- some people have asked me, are you healthy or anything? And I'm just like, I've never been better. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't know that because again you can't see it yeah so I, I've kind of found that kind of funny because a lot of people might just assume oh my god she's dying <laughs> but but if they actually if they if they know about my illness and plus a lot of people when I first start telling them about it like I especially in high school I was a little bit nervous to tell people mm-hmm. but how I would start telling them um, I'd usually just be like hey can I just can I just talk to you for a second just just let us alone yeah. And like I, I take them somewhere, and I just like I, I just wanted to be honest with you. I wanted to open up and tell you that uh, I was born HIV positive. Mm-hmm. And then I like kind of give like I, I don't really say too much after that. And I say if you have any questions, just feel free to ask me anything, because I I'm I'm an I'm an open book. Yeah. And once I tell once I tell you, there's again there's like really no going back on that anyway.
0: Yeah.
1: And. And so I'm really open to anything they ask. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it's, I know like some, I don't even remember all the questions I've gotten, but I know it's not coming from a place of ignorance. They're just, it's just wondering. Yeah. Like I have had people ask me like, are, are you okay? How's your health and stuff? I've had that a lot. Like from friends, like when I'm first telling them. Yeah. And then I, I, again, I just straight up, I, I tell I tell them the honest truth. I just answer any questions they may have, no matter what, yeah. I mean, not no matter what. There could be like a few that it might me like, leave me iffy, but for the most part, everything's pretty relative, yeah, and, and normal. Yeah, I haven't really been asked anything outrageous.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I totally agree. I think the biggest thing that a lot of, especially from friends or even my my sister or her friends have even asked or even family members. And like you even said, just general acquaintances you meet if they happen to see you walking out of a hospital appointment or people that bump into my friends that I don't even know. um, And they can tell that they want to ask a question because they might have overheard my friend talking to me about my health. I think the big thing is just. I always suggest to people, and we um, always do with Invisi Youth, is just to ask the question you want to ask in a nice way, but expect that sometimes people will just want to say back, I don't really want to talk about it, and being okay Mm -hmm. with sometimes you not getting an answer to the, the dire question that you might end up Googling later on about somebody's health, but a big thing for us is just asking the question. There's always lending support is just sort of saying, hey, how are you doing? or what's going mm-hmm. on for us a big thing is just if anyone if a friend of yours or somebody just sort of asks how you're doing that's sort of a colloquial back and forth of how are you i'm fine how are you but even just sort mm-hmm. of lending that um verbal support of just being like oh hey how have you been lately and how's things going for you has been um an easy way of just sort of opening the conversation. Um, A lot of times for us, it's just that big thing, like you even said, just asking a question. If you have overheard or somebody's asked about, even with my health or a lot of the young adults that come into Invisi Youth, when they say, oh, I have people that always want to, they look like they want, they have that face of wanting to ask me a question, but they don't. I said, well, then ask mm-hmm. them if they want to ask you a question. So it takes, like you said, it takes a little, you own your own health story. You can take a little control of mm-hmm. it and you're always you are the one who can say no so that's a big thing for us is allowing people to know mm-hmm. that even if somebody you don't know asks you a question like that that cashier lady that your mom mentioned your story to if she had yeah. asked you how um are you healthy you could any you could have even answered that you didn't want to answer the question so it's a big thing for us is knowing that you have as much as people have the right to ask you questions about your illness that they can't see The person with a health struggle has just as much right to sort of respond back that they don't want to answer or give as much information they want. A lot of times I just sort of throw it back and say, oh, you can just Google it, but that, that'll only do you so much as well. Because my, yeah. I'm, I'm like, my conditions are complicated enough just on being able to spell them, let alone being able yeah. to explain to you the the medical dictionary cliff note version of what's happening all inside my body with my nervous system and my connective tissue and trying to come up with analogies. For us, a big thing for my friends or healthy, able-bodied um, individuals is just ask the question questions you want to ask it ends up like you've even said you can break down any sort of misconception or ignorance when people yeah. just ask the question or for us it's a big phrase to use is sort of cushioning your question we always say it's sort of compassion compassionate speaking is that they you start off your question saying you don't have to answer this but I'm curious and then just asking the question especially for invisible yeah. illnesses that's been a huge thing for us that we will always tell um, siblings or even parents that have come in to Invisi Youth and have asked that question about wanting to talk to their children about it or teenagers wanting to ask their friends for us I said just sort of cushion your questions guys just give the throw the importance and throw the ball into their court and say you have every right not to ask and if this is insulting in any way i'm sorry i'm just curious and then you ask your question and so it gives you a sort of response back going you can take control and go okay i appreciate it i just really i like i don't talk about that part of my health or yeah like mm-hmm. this is what's going on so for us it's sort of cushioning your language because sometimes even mm-hmm. on my end because i have a nervous system conditioned from an injury as an athlete many many years ago when i was when i was a teenager and um a lot of times people will ask questions that i always laugh or sort of the the um the weird questions when they hear it's nerve damage it'll be like oh so does that mean you can't feel anything or so how are you using both sides of your body i'm really confused how you're walking so um i'll always laugh and i i'm quite sarcastic so i like to throw a sense of humor back and be like well nerve damage doesn't mean i can't walk not yet and then i then will explain the medical reason behind it and then it makes them feel comfortable if I'm able to make them laugh, they can laugh back. So that's mm-hmm. been um, a big thing for us is sort of making people laugh, feeling comfortable. And like, like you even said, sort of this is your health journey, so kind of own it in that way. And it makes more people when they want to start a conversation feel comfortable to do that too.
1: Exactly. And I feel like the most important thing in that kind of situation is to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not comfortable. Then how's the other person going to feel?
0: Exactly, and even if you're even if you're not, because that took for even for me, it took many years of getting a diagnosis and then getting another diagnosis after um, my sports injury. It was more being comfortable in knowing i wasn't comfortable having a chronic illness for a while of just knowing it made me a little uneasy and i felt a little uncomfortable with it um that to me was a big saving grace was just knowing i'm not really comfortable talking about this um, to anybody and my friends would go oh okay i'm sorry i'm sorry and i'm like no it's fine but i appreciate you asking so for me it was even trying to gain ownership and then even if you're still kind of uneasy about it just being able to do it both ways has been um it's a big sort of tip for everybody when you're trying to because that's the big thing isn't it when it's an invisible illness is trying to open a conversation a lot of times is it's always um people want to ask questions about what they can't Mm -hmm. say so it's something that we're always sort of working on is trying to get people comfortable about things that they don't understand necessarily
1: exactly and it's just all about the way you handle it. I find. Yeah. Because I've I found times myself where I've been very nervous, and so the other person's very nervous about it because, like HIV, yes, it, it is pretty big, mm-hmm. but it's not as scary as you make it out to be. Yeah. Because like if you're nervous, then the other person's gonna be like, oh no, then there's something I have to worry about. Yeah. But if you go in there, you're like you're calm, cool, collected, and you're just like, well, I have HIV, and which which is why that's pretty much all I say. I have HIV. I was born with it. If you have any questions at all, please ask me. Yeah. Like it doesn't even have to be in person because some people don't feel comfortable asking things. But what I appreciate is when people say, may I ask a question? Or...
0: Yes. Ask permission. Always. Yeah. I always say that. Don't just jump to a question. Be like, what do? You, can I ask you this first? Because some people's questions aren't a fun thing. So it's definitely yeah. I definitely ask a question. So actually, well, it, it just
1: comes from a place of respect.
0: Totally. That, just human respect, guys. That's, that's the number one thing. Mm -hmm. So Ashley, I'm going to ask you another question. Mm -hmm. Do you want to play another game? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So we know from what I mentioned in Ashley's bio, Ashley is a singer as well. So our next game is another pun, as Ashley and I love, What's on Your Life Playlist? So for Ooh. us, we love to encourage young adults at Invisive Charity to develop all different types of playlists for the different situations they go through, whether you're waiting for a treatment during a treatment session or you're in PT or you're driving to different doctor's appointments or you're just sort of trying to meditate and relax in your house or in your dorm room. We like to have people who have all different types of playlists. So in the What's Your Life playlist segment, we get to chat about different ideas, different gifts tips, music, different apps, YouTube shows um, that have helped you sort of handle different situations um, so we can hopefully get some good ideas and tips to all of you guys of different places that you can look to get some nice tips. So... Ashley, I want to ask. So for lots of times when you're sort of going to different hospital appointments or different treatments, do you have different like go to artists that you'll listen to that are either more motivating and they will be more if you're working out or and then artists that are a little more calming and music that you listen to if you need to like relax after a treatment? So what are sort of um, your go to music um, musicians to listen to for different situations? For different situations. Or do you like to have like a nice sort of even mix? Or is is music, because I imagine it would for you, is music sort of a nice thing for you to have when you're going through different um, treatments and different, um, if you're having a bad health day?
1: Uh, Definitely. I I, I definitely do rely on music a lot to help me with things or like if I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I want to listen to like happy, joyful songs or if I'm sad. And even though it doesn't make you feel better, sometimes listening to sad songs. Or just, like, more slow songs. Um, mo- motivating. I, I feel like listening to, like, happy music definitely helps. Or just, like, songs that I really enjoy. Yeah. And songs that just make me feel happy, I guess. So I'm trying to think of, like, some go-to artists. I, I don't know if I have, like,
0: artists, but I know I definitely have, like, songs. Okay, well, let me, and, I'm, I'm going to joke Bruno Mars is probably one of your favorite. One of, one of the songs you'll pick is from him. Oh yeah, I love yeah.
1: <laughs> Bruno Mars is definitely definitely up there on some of my top favorite musicians ever, ever, ever. <laughs> um, so definitely he's he's got to be on there. Um, there's this one song by Alessia Cara uh-huh. called "Stay." Okay. And that whenever I want to be in in a good mood, because I remember a couple weeks ago I was kind of feeling down, and I was like telling my friend that she's just like just listen to some happy music, something that makes you happy, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. And so I immediately went to that song. Yeah. Like, not not just her as an artist. I mean, I really like her as an artist, but that one song for me really puts me in a good mood because it makes me think of really good times. Yeah. So I find that's what I, like, put on, like, when I want to feel happy is things that make me happy, things that make me think of good times. Um, so, yeah, that song, or just, like, pump-up music, I guess. Ooh, so I'm man. I'm into very many different genres. Like, like I've heard people be, like everything but not country or something like that and I'll be be like I love everything and then country as well
0: yeah there we go I love Um,
1: it (laughs) yeah um I think it just depends on the mood I'm in um motivational definitely just like I just put on something with like a good beat something that's very happy
0: yeah
1: maybe some rap sometimes because I don't know just like with the beat it like pumps you up so of course I'm from Canada Toronto I love Drake
0: Of course. (laughs) That's that's definitely someone I
1: listen to quite often. (laughs) For sure. I'm not going to lie. Or just like people that I just like really like. So people that I've like singers in particular, I've been really liking recently. Um, If you know the artist Rex Orange County. Okay. No, I haven't heard of that. He it's, it's one guy. He, Mm -hmm. um, he has some sad songs, but he has some happy songs. But whenever I think of him, I just think of like, good memories, oh, so nice. I just, I always put on him. Cool. He, he, he makes me happy, or uh I'm trying to think of some other people at the moment um, that I know I've been listening to a lot. Um, John Legend, he's a really great mm. one. I really like listening to his music. He's a good one to pump up, too, Bruno Mars. Just, like, people like that. People yeah. with some really nice voices. Yeah. And... Music that has like a lot of depth to it too. That's true. I enjoy that, and obviously music about being happy, and and whatnot things that things that put you in a good mood. Definitely That's for true. sure.
0: That's true. What about sort of like any like t- TV shows or so, like whether they're on YouTube, the internet, Netflix, Hulu? What are some like shows that if you're if you're having like a day you need to like be in bed and rest? What are some shows that you'll like jump to to binge watch? Whether they're YouTube Red, Hulu, General Cable, what are some of your, like, go-to shows that are, like, oh, I always will put this on, even if it's a rerun, I will always put this on to watch? Oh, one
1: show that I haven't seen all of it yet, and it's old, but I'm really trying to catch up, is Gossip Girl.
0: Oh, my gosh, the memories. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I was too
1: young when it started, so now I'm just, I, I mean, I'm trying. I'm not a very good binge watcher. Yeah. Just because, like, it, it, it'll take me a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll I'll watch it all. I'll watch it in full, but it just takes me a while just because I could could spend maybe like a day watching something, but like two days, three days, that straight just watching like Netflix, I find that's that's a little too much for me.
0: (laughs) I don't have a mental focus for for binge watching.
1: I wish I did. (laughs) See, I think that's the thing. I don't have enough focus to binge watch a show. Like I can watch like a few episodes, but then I'll be like, oh, well, now I want to get food or now I want to do this. Oh, a YouTube video? (laughs) Let me watch this. It's just scatterbrained. Um, Um, but Gossip Girl is like my number one show right now, for sure. Like if I'm just like, I just want to watch some Netflix. I'll be like, Gossip Girl. <laughs> River, Riverdale I watch, but I still have to catch up on that.
0: Oh, nice. my gosh. So much has happened. <laughs> Season finale this week. So um, oh my my, <laughs> what about YouTube? So you mentioned YouTube. Are there any sort of – that's a big one we'll always suggest to people, especially if they need like a break, um, like a quick mm-hmm. break. We'll always suggest like find some YouTubers you like, whether they're more like beauty hauls or go-to or funny ones. Do you have any sort of even – not even specific YouTubers, but like types of YouTube videos that you like to sort of throw in there in your playlist? Um,
1: yeah, I like to watch people that make me laugh, for sure. Yeah. If there's, if I'm, like, having a rough day and I just, like, I want to watch someone that makes me laugh, Yeah. definitely there's, um, I, I don't know if there's, like, a lot of YouTubers I can think of, but, like, one that makes me laugh in particular, um, is this guy named Joe Sanagato, and he's from New York,
0: Okay. and he,
1: um, he's very out there, he's very brash, he's, he doesn't really apologize for what he says, but, like, he's hilarious. And I will watch him on a bad day for sure. I (laughs) recently, I just watched him just because I was just like, I want to laugh. I'm like, what should I watch? I was like him, definitely him or someone that's always put me in a good mood who I've honestly looked up to and loved since I was 14 years old is this YouTuber called Connor Franta.
0: Yes, I know him. Not know he, him. I not know him personally. That would that not shouting that out. But I know of him. There we go. <laughs> I mean, I've met him in person.
1: Of course you have, Ashley. <laughs> that was that was. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, I've honestly loved him since I was 14 years old. And he always used to post on Mondays. And so, you know, Mondays, they're kind of like, they're like drab. They're boring, whatever. But I would always remember when I come home from school, a Connor Franta video will be up. And my Mondays will just get so much better. And so I just, like, kept watching him and watching him. I'm not as much of an avid watcher as him anymore. Yeah. Just because there's so many other people thrown into the mix. Yeah. But when I do watch him, I was just, like, after I watch those videos, I'm, like, I'm happy. Yeah. Or, like, he, he's just someone that puts me in a good mood. And I was able to meet him at a wee day I went to. And I was super starstruck. I almost didn't want to go meet him because (laughs) I was too shy. But, like, my mom pushed me towards him, and thank God she did because I met him, and I got a picture with him. And I told him, I I said, honestly, I looked forward to your videos every single day as, it like, growing up in high school. I was just like, Mondays were happening. Your videos were happening. I was just like, my day, I I told him, you honestly turned my day around.
0: Oh good shout out to Connor shout out to him
1: (laughs) and he was like super happy with that he he had a big smile on his face and he was like thank you so much and just honestly such a humble down-to-earth person so recently when I watched one of his videos I'm like I I need to watch him more I'm just like (laughs) I'm very happy
0: I love it I love it what about some like apps that you have on your phone do you have any sort of even if it's just basic like note taking or like your google schedule instagram what are some of your like go-to apps or even apps that are like specific for scheduling or meditation apps what are some like good ones that are on your like life playlist as apps or tools on your phone that um, are good to like de-stress or like fun activity for you
1: um to be honest i don't have too many of those yeah i don't have like a meditation app or anything but i do have a workout app oh cool so like that I, I can't even remember what it's called at this moment in time, but uh, I think it pretty much just says workout, but I, but I'll use that if I want to like work out. Um, I have, I have a couple of games on my phone. Like I still have uh, the old Flappy Bird,
0: Oh my which gosh, is actually pretty fun. I
1: haven't gotten rid of it. So if there's just one day, I'm just like, what game do I want to play?
0: I'll be like, maybe some Flappy Bird. <laughs> Bring back the nostalgia. I love it
1: but that's also a stressor too yeah I remember like playing that 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 is a stressful game but it's fun and it's addicting I found that to be like the same way as like Candy Crush
0: uh I never did Candy Crush because everyone always told me it would become so addicting and I went I don't I don't need I can't do that in my life (laughs) I, 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 I can't do this I feel like
1: I feel like the things that I'm it's it's not so much games like if I if I just want to like chill and relax, I'll just I'll go on like Instagram or something. Yeah. I feel like Instagram or Snapchat are like the two two things I use the most. I use Twitter a lot too. Yeah. Just to express whatever, advocate for whatever I'm doing. Um, but those are like the two apps that I just use the most. Yeah. Whether uh, not even like a distress or anything, but they just like I just enjoy using them. Yeah. I think that, that that's like an important thing. I enjoy it.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Like,
1: I have some games, like, like I said, like Flappy Bird. And then there's a game I like called Mastermind.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's a fun one. Yeah.
1: No, oh, I'm a big oh, friend of that
0: one. Yeah, no I have. I'm a big believer of like I love sort of like searching the App Store even if I like never add them onto my phone. I always will um make sure that with Youth, we always encourage people to like look through different ones. I like I like we had mentioned before scheduling is a huge deal um yeah. and having nerve damage sometimes you have a little bit of short-term memory loss and some brain fog as many people out there will know what that means. So I always oh, yeah. will encourage. I have I have schedulers, I have a note taking app, and then a sticky note app, and some of them have timers on them. And then they sync to my computer. So I'm always I'm always looking for like the newest version of a sticky note or a post it to put into my phone. Um, Always just sort of looking there to be able to find that and then I'm love books. So being able to kind of have books and especially either being able to read them on my phone or being able to have the books read back to me um, in audio that's been um, that's been a massive one for me me i always say is a good de is listening to books and kind of going in reading a chapter um so it's like a nice little daily thing for me to kind yeah. of do but totally note-taking apps well, are taking yeah literally lifesavers otherwise i would have i would probably be able to franchise my own business with post-it has many post-it notes as i probably <laughs> use on a day-to-day so post-it notes are literally oh, yeah. the goal
1: <laughs> oh i i use my notes apps like all the time Oh, like whether whether I feel like a lot of times, like if I'm just like thinking about something, I'm like, oh, I want to remember this, Mm -hmm. so I write it down or something. I'm feeling feeling a type of way. I use my notes a lot for music purposes. Yeah, because I'm a big music fan. Yeah, and I know like I could use Shazam and stuff, but like sometimes I don't, and I'm just like, oh my god, what is this song? Because sometimes I forget that Shazam is a thing. Because even though I use it all the time, like I'll write it down in my notes or something like that, or if I want to remember something that someone said. I'll write it down in my notes just as a reminder or something funny that happened. Like I want to make sure I remember, so I write it down. Um, Another app that just kind of like got me to thinking when you're saying like everything that was daily.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, Just something that kind of just makes me like chill out and something that I like. I I like the Bible app and I've been using that a lot. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to keep a streak, but it's hard. Like uh, there's a streak that you do like if you like open it every single day. Okay. And so I've broken that streak a couple of times. I have to get it back going again. Look at,
0: look at but, that getting all catchy in 21st century. I love that. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's super cool. Yeah, it, like I didn't realize at first that it like counts your streaks and it'll like <laughs> tell you how like the longest period of time that you've been on the app for. Be like, oh, like your streak was cool. two weeks or whatever. It says best streak, worst streak. And so like it keeps you motivated to want to keep opening it and reading it. So nice. I try and do that as much as I can remember.
0: Oh, I love it. Honestly. I love it. Because I do forget
1: sometimes, but I I enjoy the app and I like reading the passages. Yeah. Because there's like, there's a Bible passage for every single day.
0: Oh, cool. You know, like,
1: it it, it, it makes you feel good. I, I really enjoy that app.
0: I love that. That's actually like shout out to the Bible. I really enjoy that. Yeah. that, that, that yeah, shout out to the Bible. <laughs> it's a great way to end that segment and go to our last one Ashley. Um, so <laughs> we're going to end that one there. Um, our last segment I know is probably one of my personal favorites. Um, it's called Break That Glass Ceiling. So mm. for us and something that you do with your activism work all the time and often a lot of people want to know is how to challenge those stereotypes and shatter norms. So that's why we call it to break that glass Ceiling. So we talk about the theme of these next few months, which is invisible illness, and we really get to talk to our guests um, that are super passionate about it um, and figure out ways of being able to end stigma on invisible illness. What are some of the stigmas that people have about invisible illness? How, in our minds, we feel that we can crack that ceiling and open some minds more. So that's what's going to be sort of how we're going to end the show is Um, Having our guest expert advocate here with you, Ashley, sort of talking about why you think there's some stigmas on invisible illness and ways we feel we can um, open those minds and crack that glass ceiling. So starting off, why do you why do you really feel like there's so many stigmas that will come with invisible illnesses, especially because like. Um even you and I have been discussing your um illness is a little more universally known, and then my illnesses um have too many letters and acronyms to even list yeah. out on the show um so why do you feel like there are stigmas when it comes to invisible illness? um definitely a thing is like
1: as we've been talking about, it's because people don't know what they can't see, yeah, so how i mean like i I think that's a big thing like. Say religion, for example, some people don't believe in God because they can't see him. They're just like, how do they know it's real? Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like the same thing with um, invisible illness, but not really, um, because they, people don't know what it, what's going on and how it affects you. So that that's why I usually say like in my speeches, I'm like, I look like a pretty normal girl, right? And I wrote actually the other day at my speech when I said that, all I heard someone from the back yelled, Yeah. She's like, (laughs) Yeah, you look normal. I'm just like which I found like super funny. I just like kept going on with my speech. But I I asked that because I wanna I wanna open people's minds. I'm just like, Well, you think you think that I'm just like a normal girl, which I am, but there's just something that's unnormal or just like not the norm. Yeah. Which is for sure like HIV not everybody has it. Yeah. And so that that's like a way that I u- like I say that because and that's one way in particular that I break down any stigmas that people have towards it because like I've heard them all like I've heard like a lot of people think that it's only gay people and black people. And as much as I don't want to say that, that is a big stereotype and that's it, it it's 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 real as much as I don't want it to be, it's real. Yeah. And so when I go on stage and I say, "Hey, White girls from Canada who grew up in a small suburban town can have HIV, too. (laughs) It's just like completely breaking down that wall and being like, wow, really? And actually, this is quite interesting. So Kwaku Mandela, Nelson Mandela's grandson, is a good friend of mine, which is super crazy to say. Shameless plug again, Ashley. Drop names. We did a tour a couple years ago. I know.
0: (laughs) Dropping Dropping the names. (laughs) Let me pick that up for you.
1: (laughs) So one time at a wee day, we were talking and he said, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you are exactly what we're looking for in the HIV fight. Mm. Because like he said to me, you are not what people expect. Because again, with either like someone being from Africa or black, gay, they don't see someone as being like yep. a, nor- a normal teenager who could literally go on a date with some like regular boy at like a university. Like you, you, like you never know. Yeah. It's like, it ha- it's like right in your backyard yeah. type, type of thing, mm-hmm. which is why it's so real. Because again, like I said, that breaks the stigma right away and breaks those stereotypes that people have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I think that that's why I open it up the way I do. And I, I say, e- even though, even though I have this, it, it's something that you can't see. It's invisible. I am, I am doing okay. Which is why, which I think it's funny when people ask me like, are you healthy? Because like I said, it's like not something you can see and so saying bringing that up in particular kind of just further tells you that anybody can get it and it makes it really real yeah and that makes people go like oh crap maybe I should be careful maybe I should get educated maybe I should get tested and it gets like a lot of people thinking yeah. because i feel like especially in terms of like hiv everyone should be educated
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: and The the thing is, is that a lot, a lot of people are, yeah. which is where I kind of step in
0: yeah. because
1: I've been doing it for 10 years, but, and it's not because like, I feel like I have to, I mean, in a way, sometimes I feel like I do because of some, some people who are ignorant, Mm -hmm. but I want to because I feel, I don't feel really obligated, but I just, it's so, I really enjoy just personally, I, I find it fun. Yeah. I find it fun educating. And I find it fun. I, I what I really enjoy is people coming up to me and telling me that they didn't know a lot of a lot of the stuff.
0: Yeah, now they do. Yeah.
1: And every time I speak, I do like a little game with people. Mm-hmm. In terms of like to get people educated, and I will present them with some statements, and I say, "If you think this is true, do not you clap your hands? If you think this is false, won't you stomp your feet?" Yeah. And so I just like present them with statements, and when I'm looking around the room, I I see after I present a statement, I'm just like, wow these many people know it, or these many people don't Yeah, about something that I'm saying. And so after that, after they, they, they chime in with their response, that's when I start I'll be like, if you thought this is true, you're right. And then I just educate.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and I, I, totally I found agree. that
1: it, it's super helpful.
0: Totally. I have and to, I have, like to. like I said, it
1: helps to break down
0: Yeah, I have to agree, because kind of going both ways, too, especially with um, the charity and having when invisible illness, a lot of times people immediately assume it's only mental health and that whole spectrum. And then but invisible illness also is physical. And then a lot of times it's physical and mental because your mental health and your mental wellness sort of gets affected by having a physical illness. And for us, a big thing that causes stigma is exactly like you said is the misconception that what we'll say in busy youth is that visibility equals validity so that if I can see mm-hmm. what's going on like when you were a child we always say kids at a very young age when they're sick or get injured they're sort of told right away okay show and point to me where you got hit, hit. where's your boo boo right away for little kids and yeah. so that becomes sort of ingrained that when you become a teenager and a young adult and an adult that if something's going on that the only way to respond is if 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 you can see it, to get it and Mm -hmm. gain... validity from that so for us it's always been a big thing is that because like you said when people can't see it and then you're talking about how it's affecting your physical body or why you're taking medications or why you look tired um it's so hard for people to go well but you look sort of okay so that's a big thing for us too because they the misconception is that illness means you don't look good um which Mm -hmm. or that it's physically disabled and you physically can see it um so that for us is a Big thing is anytime if you even like you're one of our global brand leaders, if when you go on our website and look at our global brand leaders page and in three countries of all of the young women we have, there's only a small handful of them that you would physically look at their illnesses if they're in a wheelchair, they have oxygen and Or if they have scars from implants, um, from cochlears, you would look and go, okay, you see it. But then you look at everyone else, similar to having you on our page or having my founder story, you would go, all right, this makes no sense. And then you hear about a lot of the complex medical needs that some of them have, and you're going, wow, I have no idea in a way i always joke and say you can walk down the street and see more people with chronic you see chronic illness every single day it's the fact that you're not wearing the right glasses you can't really see it's like needing x-ray goggles to actually see what people people's chronic health issues are so for us that's Mm -hmm. the reason is is because people rely on visible symptoms in order to gauge it becomes hard then to sort of support other people with um and having those stigmas, because it's easier to get a misconception when you can't see it. It's it's hard to make a misconception about why somebody is in a wheelchair or why somebody is using prosthetics when it becomes, it's more of an obvious reason. Or even if somebody is using those things and you don't understand why, um, when there's a physical object or a physical symptom, it's a little bit easier to sort of, gauge or or lend more support because you can see that they need it except for if you don't see it it's harder for people to want to support so that's a big thing for us is sort of um, being able to crack that so for I know for a big thing for you that you do is how you crack that glass ceiling how you open minds is because you do a lot of motivational speaking you do advocacy and um, but what's sort of other ways I know one way I was going to suggest is that Um, For the charity, ways to crack um, stigmas and open minds is sort of for some people, I was very private about my health. So it's sort Mm -hmm. of finding ways of um, challenging it only when it came to my scenario. But for you, do you find that um, positive social media use? Because that's a big thing for young adults. Do you feel that positive social media use is a good way to sort of open minds and break stigmas is how you use your social media platform?
1: Uh, definitely. Like what I said about like it being on my bio and stuff like yeah. that. Um, well I use, I use Twitter for the advocacy
0: mm-hmm. and I,
1: I do on my Instagram, but it's more, um, more just kind of like about my life, me being the teenager that I am Yeah. and just being as normal as I can be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but a lot of times, like when people do see that, like the HIV, they have, some people don't even ask me. I've had people text me. They're like, <laughs> Oh, I saw on your Instagram, it says that you're HIV positive and stuff. Is that true? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's true. And then they'll be like, oh, cool. Or like, oh, I mean, a lot of times I don't get questions via text. (laughs) Usually it's more like an in-person thing. Yeah. But I found that that has just been a useful tool to kind of let people know. Yeah. And they're just kind of like, oh, because like at first it's just like one minute I thought she was just like a normal, normal university friend. Next thing I know she has HIV. Yeah. What are the odds? Like, what? It just kind of like catches people off guard. Yeah. But I feel like in a good way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And honestly, like, it used to kind of bother me sometimes. Like, not like I've had, like maybe in like grade nine or ten, like I this one girl one time, she out of the blue, I was like talking with a friend, she randomly came up to me, and she was like, "You have HIV?" or Something like that. And I'm just like, <laughs> "Good, open, good conversation opener." <laughs> yeah. She she just she, she just asked me, and I, honestly, at that moment in time, I did, I did say no but that's because I was in grade nine. I yeah. was only 14. And mm-hmm. it just, like, that was the first time I'd ever, I'd been like, "Whoa!" like it, it just caught me off guard. Yeah. But then the next day I went to talk to her and I was just like, Hey, wanna let you know, yes, I am HIV positive. I know I said no, but that's because I was just very caught off guard. I was kind of scared. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to lie to you. It, it is true. It just like, it just made me a little nervous. And I just, I was very open and honest and I feel like that's the most important thing. And since that day, I'm actually glad that happened because it was it was very much so a learning opportunity for me yeah and honestly since then people have asked like like if someone was to like come up to me I mean if I knew them if I knew them well enough and they're just like hey Ash you have do you have HIV be like yeah yeah I was born with it yeah if they're like cool I'd be like cool (laughs) and then if they and if they ask me questions I'd be like okay yeah like I'm down like like kind of how you said earlier about like you have to like cliff note it, yeah. cliff note everything and like you're an encyclopedia. But I find that when I start talking about it, like a little bit, like it just kind of whole can of worms comes out. I just I am an encyclopedia. I am the encyclopedia. Yeah. I just like and I just educate.
0: Yeah. And I always say a big way to sort of um, crack stigma um, for people who aren't even, um, who don't want to like advocate their own health. I always say, because even you have a lot of friends who are very supportive of your health journey that don't deal with invisible illness um, or mental health. So I think a big thing for them is just sort of finding um, finding causes similar to finding InvisiYouth, finding charities that focus on specific, that are mental health or f- um, different invisible illnesses too. And just sort of being able to, when they're doing advocacy campaigns, just share it. It's it's your age group. So I always say, if there's things mm. that are happening to other young adults, and like Invisible Youth works with young adults with all illnesses or disabilities. If when we're talking about invisible illness, even if it is your health journey and you're more private about it, just sort of share it. Show your show your support to other young people. And I think that's a nice way that even if you are a little more private about your health journey, it's been um, a good way to sort of lend support, pay it forward. Even if you have no health issues or disabilities or Dealing with mental or physical health issues. And it's always a nice way to sort of lend support of your peers or classmates when you're going, oh, wow, I didn't notice that that was what was going on. Just sort of being able mm-hmm. to always lend support and ask um, questions so then you can learn a little bit more um, mm-hmm. makes the invisible illnesses a lot more visible so that you can just sort of universally be more um open-minded yeah educated more open-minded to going oh okay wow i don't need to see that somebody um, has an illness or disability to know that they do okay that makes sense and just sort of lending support even as basic as sending a retweet or a repost is sort of as we say is sort of the best way of being able Mm -hmm. to start breaking down the stigmas if more and more people see it then more and more people are going to want to challenge it exactly cool
1: i'm I'm very glad that I've never had anyone really question it, like yeah. the validity of my mm-hmm. my HIV. Like people have just kind of taken it as fact. Yeah. Because also in a way, like that's a pretty hard thing to just like lie about, you know? Yeah. I feel like it, that, that would just be like
0: a weird thing to lie about. It would be so. weird to put in your bio, Ashley, I'm not going to lie if it wasn't real. <laughs> it it, it exactly. would be a little so weird.
1: <laughs> I feel like for me in my case, everyone just kind of believes it. Yeah. Just because they're just like, again, why, how, why? how would you just be like, randomly being like oh I have HIV but like not actually. Yeah. Cuz like that that's like the, the, that'd be a weird thing to to hide. Yeah. So just like the fact that I'm saying it is just like oh okay. You do. Yeah. And if if people want to know more then then they'll ask. So yeah. I think it's kind of easy in my situation and being so being so open.
0: Mhm.
1: I've never really ha- had a moment when people've asked me a question I've just kind of shut them down. Yeah. I've always just kind of I've always just kind of answered
0: Yeah. Answer the way you want to answer and ask the questions you want to ask. That's what we will always say at the charity is what makes you comfortable is how other people will then answer, especially when it's an invisible illness. You want to be able to Um, challenge those stigmas the way that you feel comfortable or showing support the way that you feel comfortable because there's a lot of options out there, especially with social media now and us even doing this as a video podcast series. There's so many different ways of being able to bring advocacy and everything to different forms. So um, actually, Ashley, you have made it to the end of the very first Youth chat session episode. So I am... Oh, I have. You have. And I'm... That just... That hour just flew by, Right? I'm so, I'm so, so thankful that you've been our first guest. Literally, there would have been nobody better suited to um, start this whole virtual programming part for Invisive Charity with. So I want you to be able to tell all the listeners and people watching um, the video too. what are as we would do, what are sort of what are your handles on Instagram and Twitter or where can people find you if they want to learn more, get in touch with you?
1: Uh, both. I, well, I have a Facebook. Okay, cool. Um, there there's a professional, then there's a private one. So the professional, I have like blonde hair in it, so you'll be able to tell. <laughs> um, it, it's Ashley Rose Murphy. Um, my Instagram and my Twitter, they're both the same. They're the Ashley Rose double underscore. Cool. Those,
0: those are the ones that I use like the most. Cool, cool. And then same thing with InvisiYouth. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at InvisiYouth. So definitely give us a follow and you can follow more of the episodes and see all of our other global brand leaders and projects and events that we're doing. Um, you can please um, see um, this podcast on our YouTube channel and then be able to listen to the podcast on all of the different networks, which we will be sharing on our website, um, on our new video podcast page, as well as in in the description boxes that you'll be able to see and on all of our social media so i want to thank ashley again for being our very first guest we're excited to have our next guest on where we're going to be talking about more fun ways of tackling stigma on invisible illness and mental health giving you some life hacks and some fun funny moments and games along the way i'm dominique Vale, and thank you guys for watching so much and we'll see you um next time Hi. bye thank you so much